I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at gopowercat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by FlintHillsAuto.com. I am Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com, and the man to my right is Scott Chasen of Fog.net. And we don't know how the Super Bowl turned out. Yeah, it's one of the unfortunate pieces of maybe taping a show early, but we've got you covered. Okay. Don't worry. Don't so it. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to flip this coin. Fitz, heads, heads or tails? You're heads. taking heads. The winner is going to act like the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. The loser is going to act like they lose it. You can skip through whatever you don't want to. Sounds good. That, that way we'll have it covered. Ooh, I can't believe I caught that. It's heads. Heads. Take us, take us away. Congratulations. The Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions, and I'm happy. Sorry, Chiefs fans. Tough Sunday, but hey, notice the shirt I'm wearing. It's a 2010 AFC West Division champions. Matt Castle oh, uh, was geez. the quarterback then. 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Pretty Those good are the years. days, Matt Castle. Just remember, success can be fleeting, but seems like the Chiefs are set up for the future, so no reason to be down. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions at the drive And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com and fog.net. And I've got to remember to do that before I celebrate the Super Bowl. victory. Yes, yes. We will start things off with our two-minute drill. Two-minute drill sponsored by Hands. They've been expecting you. Now, let's eat. Scott, KU basketball survived a close call against Texas Tech on Saturday and won by three. Has this team turned a corner when it comes to late-game situations? Well, Fitz, uh, the answer is both yes and no. Yes, because they won a close game. They've been in some closer games. Obviously, that's going to happen in Big 12 play, the Texas game being another one of those. Uh, and, and to start the year, they weren't very good in close games. Obviously, the Duke game, and you think about point guard Devon Dotson, I believe he had six turnovers in what was eventually, uh, what was ultimately kind of a one-score loss to Duke. And then uh, the Villanova game was kind of that most uh, glaring example of maybe where Devon Dotson still needed to go as a player. He made uh, multiple mistakes down the stretch. He missed the front end of a one-on-one. He had a turnover. He missed the shot that would have been the game winner, although uh, that was obviously a pretty tough look. So this Kansas team hadn't been very good in close games, and this game didn't need to be close yeah. because the Jayhawks, they were in control of the game at several points. Every time Texas Tech made a run, it seemed like KU instantly pushed it back out to 6-8. to eight. Uh, They led 17-2, to two, in fact, to start this game. So it was like a 15-point game 
to start the game. And again, Kansas led wire to wire in this game. Kansas never trailed. Texas Tech never, I, I believe, had the ball with a chance to take the lead. They might have had it once at two points uh, just after those opening moments of the game. So uh, again, it was really a game that Kansas should have done a better job of putting themselves in the driver's seat in. But, but here's what I'll say, and, and we've talked about the emergence of Devon Dotson, the improvement, because he's having a great season. He's leading the Big 12 in scoring. He's probably going to be a first-team All-American at this point. He's giving you 18, 5, and 4 a night. Uh, he's having a great year, even though he's not shooting the three ball well. Uh, I think he's down to something like 27%. But we have talked about when things aren't going well. Is Devon Dotson part of the problem? or is he part of the solution? And this was a game where several times, you know, Texas Tech cuts the lead to five, Devon Dotson lay up at the rim. Texas Tech cuts it to two, to three, you know, back-to-back -back assists by Devon Dotson. So this was a big step forward for him in terms of clutch play and also with the pressure on him, kind of showing, hey, I can stop everything, I can calm everyone down and get to the rim. On the downside, you, as you said, this didn't need to be a close no. game. I was watching this, and I'm like, oh, they got it, it's 11 points. Yeah. And then it's three. And it's like, guys, yeah. put them away. Get, just be done with this. You're going to win. That, that was the biggest thing I, I think that Bill Self kind of harped on after the game. He was asked, hey, is this improvement in close games? And he said, yeah, this didn't need to be a close game. So that's not how he looked at it. And a reminder, kids, when playing basketball and you trail by three in the final seconds, don't drive to the rim for a two. Twice. Brilliant. Texas Tech, brilliant. <laughs> Well, a couple of weeks ago, K-State demolished West Virginia in Manhattan on Saturday, coming off a victory over Oklahoma. The Wildcats went to Morgantown and lost by nine. Despite losing to the Mountaineers, the Wildcats starting to find themselves. A little bit, it seems so. They came off that Oklahoma game. They, they, it was one of the ugliest games I've covered in a long time. Mm -hmm. K-State won and shot 37% in that game. And really, that's the key here with this Kansas State team. When they beat West Virginia earlier this year in Manhattan, they shot 59% from the field and I think it was 50% from three. And they played excellent defense. In this game, they did not get as many uh, open shots or they didn't convert those open shots. They certainly didn't get as many free looks at the rim. I think they had like eight dunks against the Mountaineers of Manhattan. And West Virginia, to their credit, did a much better job in this game of uh, not letting K-State have any easy baskets. Uh, and the Wildcats did their part by missing some open shots. And there was a couple times in this game when Kansas State would have an open three that might change the course of the game. And not only do they miss it, it leads to a run out and an easy score at the rim for West Virginia. Uh, and it's just tough in Morgantown. This game was called exactly how Bob Huggins wants it called. A lot of fouls were called in this game. The game took two and a half hours without an overtime. Wow. Uh, it was nuts how many uh, calls, how many whistles were blown during the course of this game. Uh, and Hugs wants it kind of ugly like that because he plays about 11, 12 guys and he can run through it. And K-State is really down to about eight guys as uh, Antonio Gordon was serving his final game of his three-game suspension. K-State was in foul trouble. They had to be a little more cautious. And West Virginia just kind of pulled away in the second half. And then K-State closed it back up before West Virginia pulled out at the end. K-State just isn't a good enough team to fall behind good teams, particularly on the road, and make a comeback. But they fought, and this team seems to be finding itself, as the question alluded to. They seem to understand now a little bit better who they have to be, and that starts with defense. They played outstanding defense for much of this game. It's just uh, West Virginia had too many answers. That's a good West Virginia team. They've got those big guys are hard to deal with, particularly when you're already down one of your own big guys, as K-State was. Again, a young team. I think yeah. some improvement was definitely coming.
Scott Baylor and Kansas are combined 11 and 1 on the road this year. The rest of the conference has 14 total road wins. That seems bad, Scott. <laughs> and that's counting non-conference play. That seems awful, Scott. Yeah. What do you make of the disparity between those two figures? Well, you got one team in the conference that I believe is 0-6 on the road. I think that's Iowa State. So, uh, look, we talk about this in football a lot, the haves and the have-nots, the top and the bottom. And, you know, in basketball, a lot of the time, there hasn't been much separation between, say, the number four team and the number eight team. And maybe, you know, a good number nine seed can jump up and beat a number three team. But Kansas has played West Virginia. And West Virginia played a close game against Kansas. Kansas has played Texas Tech. That was a close game against Kansas. Neither one of those teams, at least from what I've seen and watching them in other games, has impressed me all that much to think that this is more than a really a two-team at the top league. Maybe Texas Tech and West Virginia is your next two. I'm not so sure after that there's really any team that scares you no. at all, home or road. I mean, Kansas last year was a team that couldn't buy a road win. And this year it feels like they're just mowing through teams on the road. Their one road loss was a one-point loss to Villanova where, you know, everything that could go wrong in the last two minutes did. KU led by four in the final two minutes of that game, and Marcus Garrett was obviously out for the second half. So that's when, when I see that figure, what it tells me is you have a couple of legitimate teams, and then you have a lot of other guys who I, I really don't expect to do anything the rest of the year. A fascinating look at where this college basketball season sits from ESPN as they predicted their final at this point in the season. Two non-power conference teams in Gonzaga and San Diego State were their picks for the, for the top seeds uh, in the NCAA tournament, along with two Big 12 teams. So that, this gets to the big question that we always wonder, if your top is really good, like the ACC with Clemson and football, but your bottom isn't good, are you a good conference or a bad conference? And you know, we're so used to the Big 12 being so competitive from top to bottom. It's not this way, that way this year. I think Baylor is an elite team. They are really well put yeah. together. And Kansas, when they've got all their parts, can be at that level too. What, what record do you think wins the conference this year? I, I've been thinking about this one. And, and what, 15-3 and three might not get it done this year. There may be a team that goes 16-2 and two or 17-1. and one. Baylor hasn't lost yet. Yeah, and and. The, the fact that they've already won at Kansas really mm -hmm. bodes well for the Bears. Now a quick look at your poll question results. And poll questions are brought to you by Film and 11, your go fast, look good, play hard, custom shop. Well, last week's question was, number one Baylor, speaking of, hasn't lost since falling to Washington, second game of the season. When will the Bears lose next? We look at the results. Some of you are already a little bit wrong. Uh, Iowa State, 10% of the vote, TCU 15. At K-State, maybe some K-State fans in there, mm -hmm. 30%. Oklahoma State, 5%, or they'll win their next four games, taking the vote at 40%. I think you might be right there. Yep, and of course, that K-State game is Monday night in Bramlage with the Bears. This week's question is this. Will the Chiefs return to the Super Bowl next season? A, absolutely yes. B, probably. C, maybe. D, absolutely no. There is no E. Please don't answer that. Vote at thedriveshow.com. I, I want to meet the person who votes absolutely no and see why they hate fun. Oh, they hate fun. <laughs> How can you hate Pat Mahomes? How? <laughs> that hair. I, I just admire him for his hair. Yeah. That will do it for this first half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Hands. They've been expecting you. Now let's eat. David McCormick returned from a two-game suspension against Texas Tech and logged 20 minutes in the Jayhawks win. Scott, how did Bill Self adjust his lineups with a second big man in the mix? Well, Bill Self has kind of changed things. He's no longer playing with two bigs. They didn't play a second of two-big basketball in the last game. I believe Yudoka Azubuki only played 16 minutes. He dealt with some foul trouble, and you're not going to have him on the court late because of the foul shooting issues, although he did go three of four, and over his last, something like his last five or six games, he's actually shooting like 57% from the line. Not great for most, but for him, exceptional. And Miraculous. Would obviously be the, the high of his career, so three of four, nothing to sneeze at there. But, uh, you know, Bill Self has made this shift now and basically said, okay, you could play big at times. Uh, I'm not convinced they ever will, actually. I, I'm not sure there's a matchup to. Even West Virginia, a team that plays two bigs and played too big against Kansas, the two big didn't work. Kansas was better in four guards, and it's not just because all their best players are guards, although I think uh, you could make the case that after Yudoka Azubuki, their next four or five best players are, you know, do come from that backcourt. I, I just think, you know, it's the way basketball is going, and, you know, something Bill Self did that was really interesting. Late in the first half with both David McCormick and Yudoka Azubuki in foul trouble, they went to a five-guard lineup. KU used those five-guard lineups in the last two games. You had to. You didn't have David McCormick. You didn't have Yudoka Azubuki. But this time was different. This was Bill Self choosing to play with five guards. KU outscored Texas Tech by two points when they went to that, which is not a big deal in one direction or the other, except Texas Tech is used to playing with these five guys out on the perimeter. Kansas hasn't done this except the last three games. After the game, I asked Devon Dotson, hey, is this something you can throw at a team in the NCAA tournament? And he said, you never know. If you get into a situation where you need some threes, where someone's in foul trouble, that opportunity is there. I asked Bill Self the same thing. He didn't want to show his hand. He basically said it was dictated by foul trouble this game, which certainly was the case. I just think it's an interesting thing for the Jayhawks to have, that ability to go ultra small. Without DeSosa on the bench for most of the rest of the season, mm -hmm. is this just an indication that we don't want to rely on two big guys because one gets in foul trouble and we're back to not being able to do it. Let's just play four mm -hmm. guards. Yeah, and, and I, I think you're absolutely right, and that's why you wouldn't want to play them both together. I do think it's interesting, though, that Bill Self still treated them when McCormick got two. You know, he can afford for McCormick to foul out. He's got Azubuki, but he still didn't want to push it. He'd rather go to five guards. Interesting. Very good. Well, Coach Bruce Weber didn't start Cartier Ajada for the third straight game, and now three newcomers, David Sloan, Dejuan Gordon, and Montavious Murphy, appear locked into the lineup. Fitz, how does this change Bruce Weber's Wildcats? Well, David Sloan's more of a true point guard. We talked about this last week, and he really does attack the rim, create shots for others. He makes some mistakes. He's, he's still adjusting to life at this level. Uh, but uh, these two freshmen uh, and him play with a great deal of energy. The really good news for Kansas State is we're seeing Mikhail Moween start to settle in to be a little bit more like he has been, a little more upbeat and uh, productive, particularly rebounding the ball. Xavier Sneed is really turned into the kind of go-to guy. I don't think Cardi Ajada is real happy about coming off the bench. The, the bad body language is still there for him. Uh, but it has proven effective to have that burst of talent. And, you know, he came off the bench against uh, Texas, or excuse me, against Oklahoma. Uh, didn't come in until, you know, past the five minute mark of that first half and ended up playing, you know, almost 30 minutes in that game. So he did play quite a bit, even though he didn't start either half. 
Uh, these freshmen are good, and now they're going to get Antonio Gordon back, who really does bring some explosiveness around the basket. And he's more of a post-type guy, has to get stronger, as all these guys do. But uh, I, I think we now see Bruce Weber clearly looking to the future and saying, these are my guys. These are the ones I'm going to ride with the rest of the season, and they will take us into next season as they really reform that lineup. They might have as many as 11 players on next year's roster who will be in their uh, first or second year with you know these four new guys they have this year plus seven other players. It could be incredible. So these guys, these young guys that are in their first year of college basketball will in many ways be uh, the tent poles of next season's team and you better have them ready to prop up everyone else. And, and I thought it was interesting you mentioned Cartier Jada might not being super happy about coming off the bench. Sometimes I think it's almost something that helps guys. You know, Bill Self said after the last KU game that David McCormick played better when he got mad. Maybe that might be the answer for Jada too. And Cardi wasn't particularly good in this game, but he was good against Oklahoma, and that's just going to be the way he is. If he shoots well, everything feels good to him, and he doesn't really have a second gear. If he's not shooting well, he kind of goes in the tank. And now we step out of bounds. Well, the first Wednesday in February was traditionally the opening of the signing period for college football programs. Now there's an early signing period in December. The February period almost feels like it's an afterthought. It's is this good. It's weird. It's it is really weird. weird. I mean, this used to be such a buildup. Right at this time of year, we're ramping up. The, the coaches are in chaos, trying to lock down all their, their signings because they've had to hold on to them for, I don't know, what, two months, three months? Uh, as football season expires and everyone's out there recruiting. Uh, you don't have to spend all that time now re-recruiting guys that are already committed. That might switch because some coach came in and, you know, gave him a good spiel and gets him to flip. Now those guys are in the book and really for Kansas State, they might sign one or two guys. Uh, nothing earth shattering is going to happen. Most of the work was done in the early period, Scott. Mm -hmm. uh, but they've been recruiting 20, 21 players and they already have five commitments and they are ranked among the top 15 programs right now in 2021 as they've really got some nice players. So that's for me, covering K-State, that's what's really changed is yeah. now they're into 21. Yeah, and, and I agree. I, I would just say for the player, uh, I think it's a lot better because you get into yeah. a situation where, uh, you know, maybe before, maybe you waited till that late signing period and then something happens and all of a sudden your spot is gone. Well, now if you're really concerned about, hey, I just need to get the spot, I need to make sure I'm secure, you, you can do it in December and if it doesn't work out, you now have a couple more months to kind of figure things out in your recruitment. I also think it works for some of the elite players in the nation. They get to see where everyone else goes. Uh, Kansas was in a similar boat signing 20 players in the early period. So I actually think it's pretty player friendly and I'm sure the staffs like it too. KU also has a few 2021 commits. They just hosted dozens of junior commits for their junior day. Same thing, they're on to the next yeah, class. Yeah, it's really, really fun and it's it's made it, our lives a lot easier. For sure. It's all about us. It, it is. It really well, is. Now let's hear from the fans and our fan question this week. It's Hey Scott, the NCAA added a football violation from this past season to its probe into KU sports. What was that about? And it's from some cat named Willie in Manhattan. Uh, that might be made up. <laughs> well, well, if you haven't followed this scenario, basically the NCAA added on to its notice of allegations. It's a level three violation, which is the most minor, certainly of everything in there. And it basically relates to uh, having too many assistants on the field or relaying information. It's a, it's a very minor thing that I, I think, if I had to guess, I would say more than 60% of college football programs in America, may, maybe more than 80% have had an extra staff member wander onto the field at some point in the last decade. It's just something that happens. Here's why it's a big deal. 
KU fired David Beatty at the time without cause when he uh, was allowed to coach out his season. Later, they went back and said, we have found this violation. We're now going to attempt to withhold your $3 million buyout. That, one of those violations, is similar to this violation, which is occurring under less miles. So people have looked at that and said, now wait a second. You're saying that was enough to fire that guy with cause. Well, this guy's still doing it. You know, doesn't, something doesn't necessarily add up there. That's why it's maybe a bigger deal from the NCAA perspective. I don't think it's a big deal at all. I think that's where it matters more. Just one more thing. Yeah, that, that's that. certainly part of it, too. Remember to ask us uh, your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. The predictions are brought to you by Vanderbilt's, your work boot center. And remember to make your weekly predictions at thedriveshow.com. Here are last week's results. And we're recording early, so the Super Bowl isn't reflected in here. I went 2-0, hopefully 3-0 mm -hmm. when that gets added in with the Chiefs. Fans went 1-1, Scott 0-2. My, how the tide has turned in these picks. Quote Michael Scott from the office, how the turntables. Yes, I like it. As I'm rolling, soon to stop rolling, because that's what I do. Mm. And now uh, let's start with this week's pick. And we start with our kind of random game, Texas Tech plus one and a half at Texas. I say Texas wins this game. I think Texas Tech is better than Texas. Picking road teams in the Big 12 dangerous, I'll take the Red Raiders. Very good. Next up, Kansas State plus one and a half at Iowa State. I'll take K-State. I think K-State wins this on the road. Yeah, I'll actually agree with you. I, I don't think Iowa State is very good home or road. No. I think they've really struggled. And our last game of the week is kind of a bigger one. Kansas minus two and a half at TCU. We talked earlier in the show about uh, what's the upper echelon of this conference. Yeah. TCU wants to be in there. They kind of flirt with it and then they have a bad game. I think KU wins this. Yeah, I, I actually think KU might win this one big. Uh, they, they've that environment has been friendly to them, not only packed with KU fans, but also they've just won there a few times. It's kind of a fun place to go because mm -hmm. their fans don't show up, so you can just have it all to yourself. <laughs> Again, make your picks over at thedriveshow.com, and now it's time for our on-the-clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community, and let's start with Mr. Scott ChasingAFog.net. Well, for my on-the-clock segment, I just want to talk about how hard it is to flip a quarter on air. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> it's going to do 30 seconds on that. <laughs> yes. No. So, uh, obviously, again, wearing the 2010 Chief shirt today. And when I, when I was thinking about what shirt to wear, it, it, that one kind of jumped out because it reminds me of the places the Chiefs have been. You know, Todd Haley was the coach at the time. Matt Castle was the quarterback. There have been quarterback battles between Brody Croyle and Damon Heward. Brady Quinn has been in the mix. Tyler Thigpen and Tyler Palco. Kyler, uh, Kyle Orton. I remember watching Casey. 
Casey Printers, I think his name was, oh, the third string quarterback for preseason games. Look, the Chiefs have come a long way since Trent Green, and, and not to disparage Trent Green, the, the Chiefs are much better just offensively, even than the best teams of that era was. You, you know, we're thinking back to that 2003 team. So I just remind Chiefs fans, whatever happened today, a little bit ago, that again, we don't know about. Just remember the Chiefs are set up for success in the future. They have the quarterback that if, you, if the NFL did a redraft, he would go number one. Every team would want him. It's a special place to be. It really is. And Patrick Mahomes, no matter how the Super Bowl turns out, looks like he's going to be in Kansas City for a long, long time. And that's not good just because he is a fantastic quarterback, but he's also a fantastic person. And I think we lose sight in the wins and losses, mm -hmm. the quality of individuals that you have on your team. And it's nice that Pat Mahomes is the face of the franchise for years to come, and he wants to stay mm -hmm. in Kansas City. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.